Heyo, you're listening to Edge Coach Quip, featuring our very own edge coaches and community, dropping knowledge nuggets to fuel your day. Hey there, you're listening to Coach Quip and we're on episode 95. I'm Coach Chris. I'm Coach Robin. And today we're talking about the long run. Whether you're training for a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, or a long distance triathlon, there is one run that you should protect at all costs. And that is our long run. Why is the long run so important? A couple of different reasons. Uh, The first is that it is your longest aerobic effort of the week. And so that is where you're really gonna gain a lot of that endurance. And it's going to more closely mirror the distance that you are going to be working towards. Um, Not exactly, but you're going to increase over time. Um, These long runs, they typically build throughout the season. So again, you will be scaling up and If you need some information about safely scaling up, check out our last episode, 94, about safely increasing your mileage. Um, What you start with on your long run progression is gonna be wildly different than what you're gonna be working up to. So expect those to get increasingly longer and there's a ton of benefits for that. Um, I like, you you talk about bricks a lot. So how, how is the long run the brick. The brick is a big brick, right? <laughs> so if we're talking about building a foundation, it's a giant brick because of the moving time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the heaviest, right? It's not the hardest that you run. It certainly isn't the highest heart rate you're going to have. It might not even leave. It's going to leave a big mark, but relative to a really hard tempo, it might not leave the kind of biggest mark. So don't freak out about it being a big old brick. Lay that thing on your foundation and know that it might not be all that heavy to carry. Okay, so why do we do long runs? Long runs are, and we have a bunch more on this in the bonus miles, so keep listening, but the biggest thing that we do it is to promote mitochondria growth and density, period. Our edge runners know, most of them know, I'll make them regurgitate this all the time. Why are we doing the long run? They're like, mitochondrial density. And they don't always know what that means, but I know in their hearts they're saying it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nerdy. It is nerdy. (laughs) It is nerdy. But when we're thinking about things of like, why are we going out, especially when we get to a 6 a.m. start, out on the lakefront path and slaving for hours at a time, that there's a real reason behind it. It's not just to practice and going through, it is sometimes to practice going through the motions and taking in food and all of that, which we'll get into in a bit. But the biggest thing is this thing called mitochondria. So mitochondria, think of them as an energy factory. They exist in your cells, right? And the job of it is to really process oxygen and convert things like oxygen and food into usable energy, right? This is all running is, is how efficient are you at using oxygen and moving blood around? That's it. Mitochondria help you do that. They're actually responsible for up to 90% of how we generate energy in our bodies, which is bananas. That's a lot, 90%. (laughs) So yeah, if we want to stack some bricks, we're going to want to stack our bricks of mitochondria. Um, The cool thing is, is that they actually respond really well to demand, specifically aerobic demand. So those types of efforts where we can talk almost like we're talking now, very easy efforts, right? About four, five, six out of 10 on a um, perceived exertion scale. And the more that we do longer efforts, the more they grow. So they're pretty cool inside of our bodies that instead of depleting it by working aerobically for long times, we actually increase that. In other words, if you have a greater amount of mitochondrial density, you're gonna be able to train longer and race faster. 
And who doesn't want that? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody needs that too. So as you're increasing your mileage and as you're working towards those longer distance goals, we're going to need to be thinking about the long run. We've got a couple more tips and tricks about how you should be framing up the long run, um, how and when and where to put it in your workout schedule and a lot more in our bonus miles. So stick around. Especially if you're on a long run right now. What else are you doing? Keep listening. <laughs> Keep listening. <laughs> All right, bonus miles. We are talking about the long run. And let's start off with when we should be doing our long run. So in most training plans, the long run falls on the weekend. Uh, it's just sort of the way it is. And it makes sense because most people have more time to train on the weekends. And as we increase our, uh, in, within our training plan, we're gonna be increasing that long run. So more moving time, it's gonna take more time to complete these workouts. That said, the long run doesn't always have to be on Truth. the weekend. Truth. And you know, if you are traveling, you have a schedule that, or maybe you work on the weekends, right? People also work on the weekends and you would have to do that a different day. That's totally fine. Uh, our rule of thumb on this is just don't stack it next to an intensity day. So we wanna make sure that there's a little bit of distance in between uh, hard speed work and a tempo and then that long run. Absolutely, and it can be an off day in between, it can be an easy effort in between, it can be a cross training day in between. You just don't want them to be next to each other. All right, up next, the what and the how. So what does a long run kind of look like and, and how do you execute it, right? Biggest thing is that your base is usually what we call easy AF, I'll let you figure that out. Um, or sometimes some training plans will also, we will sometimes too refer to it as LSR or long steady run. This basically means marathon pace plus anywhere from like 30 to 120 seconds. It should be, again, wildly aerobic so we can stack that mitochondrial density just like Coach Chris and I are talking now. That's what the base amount, the, the probably 80% of your long run, especially as you start a training program, should be feeling exactly that. Moving time is the key, right? We need time on our feet. Um, we need time training our mind, our muscles, our guts to process all of our food. Um, you can definitely layer in some skills to these. This is where I love writing training plans because we have the base absolutely as that easy AF um, long steady run pace, but then we layer in some color. And for me, it's a nice way to break it up, but it also teaches you some things that you might need on race day, like hill work, right? Yep. So we have one to two miles, sometimes three miles, built in gradually throughout a season because Chicago is pretty flat, but let me tell you, our runners, they know about Mount Roosevelt and they don't fear it because we do a heck of a lot more than that during training. We do things like surges where they do thick 30 and 60 minute um, pickups to or past marathon pace or their half marathon pace, whatever the target is, and then they back off for the rest. That's going to tighten up your form as long as you don't let it bleed over into the rest of the pace. And honestly, it's kind of nice. Like when your watch buzzes on the top of the mile to, to go and have a little pickup. Um, you will have things, sometimes I throw in fart licks, right? It's fun to do a little speed play, not during normal time, that would be crazy, mm -hmm. but to have a little bit of variability. Um, and then, of course, your race pace miles. So you will see these creep up in long runs, probably like halfway through or two-thirds of the way through a training cycle, depending on the length of your training cycle. And they, will, they should in, grow in distance. So the first time you do it, you might have two miles somewhere in there. Um, of race pace miles and then end somewhere with like, you know, six to 10, depending on the training plan. All of that to say, the base should be easy. 
my coach calls this stuff, adding in stuff, stuff like very technical term of stuff or <laughs> extras, right? So it's those extra, the extra surges, the hill work within that long run. I think traditionally, and definitely when I started running and following plans that I was getting online or with my first coach, it was just a long, steady distance. Absolutely. Those long runs never had stuff in them. There was no extras, no pickups. It was just trying to get that time on the feet. And you'll still see some training plans like that. I think there are benefits to just maintaining that pace, but also adding in those extra surges, the extra little bit of, of quality work within a long run is really important because it teaches us to be able to surge or to find extra energy, extra gears when we are tired and when our, our form starts to break. So really important to add those things in if you can, as, as we increase, like there's definitely a benefit to that. Two more things on the what and the how. One is in relation to what Coach Chris was just saying. When you run easy and have those truly easy efforts, you are running ugly, guaranteed. It is your ugliest run form. It's the least efficient, right? So it might actually look kind of okay, but compared to a faster run form, it is gonna be a little sloppier. In fact, coaches will sometimes look at the end of a marathon, you know, hey, do you have any pictures of the back, you know, 10K <laughs> of a marathon so that they can see their athletes where their form is breaking down. So when you see things like little speed pickups, et cetera, hill work surges in there, a lot of times it is to tighten up that form with our hope that that beautiful form then bleeds over to that slower pace. Pro tip, you could use this in a race too. If you need a little baby pickup, 30 seconds, you know, past your target pace is going to dial up your form, right? Mm -hmm. All right, that's one thing. Second thing, not related to that necessarily, is we are heading into summer. Well, we're in summer technically, right? I'm in a sweatshirt, but today's it's <laughs> Chicago, anything goes. Um, because we are heading into those warmer temperatures, our body, or any extreme temperature, our bodies need to have some time to adapt to what the heck is going on temperature-wise, whether that's extreme heat or extreme cold. So in those scenarios, especially when you have a long effort and the day is getting warmer as you're moving more miles, please scale to effort. You do not need to be perfectly paced on these because ultimately your body remembers the effort more than it would ever remember the pace. Mm -hmm. So two things that I want to kind of expand on here. The first is Easy AF. So we did a whole episode on Easy AF, our power pace. So go back into the archives. Look, it was in the 90s here. I can't remember which one. Uh, but around Easy AF, you had mentioned our typical long run pace is our marathon, marathon pace plus 30 to 120 seconds. I, I just want to re-emphasize why that is so important. Like, I think that too many people feel like they need to do their long runs at their goal pace to try to be able to Maybe it's a confidence thing, get the I confidence of doing that distance. Why is it so important to hit that easy AF pace? Well, one is that you're not gonna totally burn yourself out, right? If you run too fast for too long, you will in fact mitigate the next two to three weeks of training. You're getting enough speed work during the week in those, on those intensity days. Right, and I think that's where people go wrong is that they, they don't consider their marathon pace speed work but you have to understand that at that distance, it absolutely is because that is your race pace for that distance. And just as we wouldn't go out and if you were training for a 5K, you wouldn't be running 5K pace every run. Oh God, no. <laughs> you, you would just sizzle and fry. So it's really important to trust your training in this. 
know that the benefits, the aerobic benefits that you're going to get from that long, slow effort is what you're going to need. And that's the goal of those sessions. It's not to test if you can hold marathon pace for 18 miles. Um, that comes later on. But what we're targeting in these long runs is that aerobic effort, uh, the mitochondrial changes, the muscular changes, the endurance that comes from that. And then those things, those very important things that you mentioned at the top of training your mind and training your gut, right? So practicing our nutrition, which we'll have a future episode on our running nutrition, as well as training your mind to hang in there when you are moving for uh, upwards of two and a half, three hours on a long, slow run or long, steady run, not necessarily slow. Um, that, that's where you need that practice as well for the mental training. Um, something that you just said too about going slower than marathon pace and then having, you know, your intensity days being the speed component. The Furman, have you ever used the Furman Institute? No. The first training method. It's, it's, it's great. It's really great, especially if you're chasing a time-specific goal. Um, they do a great job though in the book describing how fitness shows up on race day. And I remember this mm -hmm. spectrum being described. So here is the whole spectrum. On the slow end, you have past marathon pace, right? That true easy AF, and now we have extreme speed over here. So you are gonna race somewhere in the middle, right? Half or full marathon intensity. During the week, guess what? You do a lot of intensity. During the weekend, or during your long stuff, you go past that pace to really build up that endurance, right? As you march toward race day, you should see in most training plans, your intensity maybe get a little bit slower, but the, but the working efforts are longer. And then you'll see a little bit more race pace effort going into your long runs. And then what happens is you peak, still over here, right? We're gonna race in the middle. And then as we taper, that fitness starts to marry itself so that we can successfully race in a fully recovered state in the middle. But if you do too much work in the middle, you're never gonna be able to use the sides. That's such a great way to describe it. And I think that visual is really powerful, even if you're not watching this. And you should be. Hands. Get on YouTube, <laughs> edgeathlete.me slash YouTube. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, you know, imagining the, those two ends of the spectrum. And if you are training in the middle, and we have seen this with our athletes, that if you are consistently hitting that pace that we call it the gray zone, that, that area where you're not getting the benefits of the speed work, you're not getting the benefits of the long run or the slower efforts, you are probably going to race at the pace that you are training yep. at. And that's not the goal. The goal is to touch both of those ends, to hit that high-end speed, to go slower than that pace, and, but it requires a lot of trust in the process. It is a little bit of a foreign thing on race day to show up and not have done a ton of work in that zone. But at the end of the day, those half and full marathon zones are kind of junk. And you don't want to spend too much time in them because that means that you're not going to be able to use your true pacing on race day. All right, so let's talk about a couple of ways to optimize your long runs. We know that this is a foundational piece of your training, and there are a couple of reasons and proven reasons why these long runs are so effective um, and, and tips and tricks for you to make it through them as well. So the first is group up. We know that we are able to put out better efforts, longer efforts, and time just goes by faster Absolutely. when we're with other people. So there's so much benefit to doing these long, long distance runs in a group and having the benefit of just having that company with people. These, these runs should be chat pace, right? We should be able to maintain a conversation as we're doing it. That said, you don't have to be talking to a running buddy the whole time. There's just a benefit of having somebody else moving with you, next to you, that actually does have scientific proven benefits to increase your ability to maintain effort, 
your ability to put out effort. And you know, not saying here that just because I'd be running with Coach Robin that I'd have to go faster than what I intended, but it makes the miles go by quicker in your mind. And that is a huge benefit when you are you know, increasing in mileage up to 16, 18, maybe a 20 mile run, or that increased moving time is getting longer and longer. That's huge. They also help you keep pace, right? Yes. So I will come up on um, you know, our groups and I can hear them calling out when a pickup is starting, when a pickup is stopping. Um, there's usually someone that'll be very vocal if, if the group is kind of trending too fast. Uh, usually they don't trend too slow because when we run with people, it's naturally a faster clip, so we have to hold it back. And honestly, it's just really great race day practice because we're going to be running close to other people and we need to get comfortable being shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Next up is leaning into the fear. Long runs come with a lot of anxiety. I mean, I have my own personally coached athletes. I mean, we talk about athletes that have done extreme events that still get very, very nervous before their long efforts, which I think is crazy. I mean, we do too, right? But it can be crippling at times. Um, just lean into that and know that the long run is in effect, it's not a definition of how you are as an athlete, it's a dress rehearsal. So think of it as these are your opportunities to troubleshoot for race day. Yes, off of that uh, dress rehearsal idea, you know, we want you to actually have bad long runs. Having a long run that feels awful uh, or what you would deem a bad long run is not a failure. It's actually progress in motion. So we want you to have those moments where you have some, where you're figuring things out. You're figuring out how to hold a pace or where your posture breaks down. You're figuring out your nutrition and hydration strategy. And you're figuring out just mentally how to overcome when you're feeling in that bottom third of, of your um, rule of thirds, which we talked about in episode 94. You know, some of our runs are gonna feel great, some are gonna feel like whatever, some of them are gonna feel awful. And long runs are no exception. Some of those long runs are gonna feel rough. And it's an opportunity for us to figure out why and to improve for the next time. I always think of like the bad long runs too as like, like just juju. Like, yeah. okay, great, you had a, a bad long run, awesome. Like, great, so now that one won't happen on race day, right? It's out of the way, <laughs> got it out of the way. Next up is to have some fun with it. You're out there for a long time, right? So if you have Bartlicks built in, maybe you don't do, this would be going against what I'm writing, but I'm cool with it. Uh, maybe you don't do it by time base. Maybe you, someone in the group chooses the start of the tennis courts and the other person says, okay, when we cross a bike, that's when we're gonna go easy. Have some fun with it. Our groups in the last couple of years have started doing lake jumps on their last loop. It's like one of my favorite parts of summer running now. And does it make for a perfect long run? No, but do you feel instantly better and it's wonderfully fun and refreshing? Absolutely. And also it just feels you know, good. There's that too. <laughs> um, you know, if you are running and you see a fun and safe way to run on some variable terrain to get some ankle stability, maybe you go through the grass for a little bit, mix it up. It doesn't need to be for the whole time by any, any amount of time helps and a little bit goes a really long way. So don't be afraid to play a little bit on those long runs. One of my favorite things is counting dogs oh. or, or finding cute dogs that I can kind of think about as I'm running. Uh, anything to sort of, you know, like we move in and out of focus on our long runs. And this is, I was just listening to a great segment of a book by Steve Magnus uh, that was talking about focus in running. And so some of the great runners really go hyper-focused. They're thinking about their form, they're thinking about their arm swing, they're thinking about their knee drive. 
But there are moments that those elite great runners zoom out and just think of the bigger picture. They take in the scenery. They take in the air. You know, they're looking at things that are outside of their running. And that's the, that's the key to success on these long runs is you can't stay dialed in on your, on your form the entire time. That would be the longest run ever, ever, <laughs> ever. So, so zooming out, looking at the lakefront path, viewing the other people, enjoying the company of the person next to you, looking at the cute dogs, those are all strategies to help you get through those moments where you feel like maybe you're having a hard time continuing on or you just need to distract yourself for a little bit and then you can bring your focus back to what you're doing. Yeah, and just piggybacking on that, no state, mental state, is really permanent when it comes to longer efforts. Yeah. You can have a high and a low in one minute, right? So don't ever assume that just because you're feeling one way that you can't troubleshoot your way out of it or have your attention shift and really start to have that upswing. And that's true whether you're talking about a long training run or a race day. Long runs, race days, speed, tempo, this too shall pass. <laughs> those, those feelings of, of feeling awesome, of feeling awful, or of not feeling anything, it will all pass and change in an instant. So yeah, you have to get used to how you, how you internally deal with all of those different states. Yeah, it is, you're right. It's, it's very much like a moving, nothing is static. <laughs> nothing. I never know what I'm gonna come up on when I come up on a group on a long run. It's like, all right, what's happening here? Read the room. <laughs> right, right, and, and I think that leads us to our final point here is make notes about your long runs, write it down. And this is where we want to, as coaches, encourage you to use the comments section of your training peaks, if that's the, the format that you're using, or go old school, pen and paper, write it down. Coach Worm, we see you. Yeah, we see you, Coach Worm. <laughs> um, so for those, so those analog folks out there, just that act, actually there's a lot of proven benefits yeah. of using a pen and paper and writing it out, but make those notes. We wanna know, what did you eat before? What did you eat during? And how did you hydrate during the run? How did you feel at various points? Even making notes about the, the clothes that you wore, the shoes that you wore, these are all things that help you when you're looking back on your training to say, okay, I've developed, you know, or my, my toes hurt, I wonder why, right? Oh, well, I see that I was wearing these shoes this time and they don't hurt when I do my long runs in these other shoes. All important things, you know, you have an upset stomach, you can look back, what did I have for breakfast? What did I eat the night before? And we wanna dial, you. Use these as your dress rehearsals to dial in your nutrition, dial in your equipment, your hydration strategy, and making notes is your best way to keep track of all of that. That is a great way to stack some smarter bricks. All right, let's recap. So the why, why do we do a long run? Because those long, beautiful aerobic efforts help us build that mitochondrial density. That means you can go farther, faster. Those long runs should be easy AF. So we're talking 26.2 pace plus 30 to 120 seconds. That's a full two minutes slower than what your goal marathon pace is. And it, while that will make up the bulk of your long runs and they will increase over time in your training plans, you can also add in a little spice, a little extra, in, uh, extra stuff <laughs> to keep it fun, to keep it interesting, and to get a little bit of quality work on those longer sessions. Remember that long runs traditionally are done on the weekends, but really, if you're traveling or something comes up, they can be done anytime during the week as long as they're not adjacent or right next to any of those intensity days. Group runs can always help you get through, so grab a running buddy for that extra motivation. Lean into that fear. Remember that these are just long runs to help prepare you for race day. And with that, we want you to have some bad long runs. We want you to have that dress rehearsal and to figure things out along the way. Having some fun along the way, a little bit goes very far.
And finally, make notes. We want you to be writing down how you felt, what you wore, what you ate, what you drank. Make notes so that you can refer back to it so you can really dial it in. All right, everyone, you will see us most likely on the lakefront path, and we're going to ask you how your long run's going. Later. Thanks for listening to Coach Quip, original music performed by Mend. Follow us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Edge Athlete Lounge. Our podcast lives in the blog section of our website. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and you can check out the show notes for additional ways to contact us. Ready, set, onward we go. Thank you.